Chapter One of the Crown of Life. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Fletcher, Hobart, two thousand and nineteen. The Crown of Life by George Gissing. Chapter One. Amid the throng of suburban arrivals volleyed forth from Waterloo Station on a May morning in the year eighty-six moved a slim, dark, absent-looking young man of one-and-twenty, whose name was Piers Otway. In regard to costume, blameless silk hat and dark morning coat with lighter trousers, the city would not have disowned him, but he had not the city countenance. The rush for omnibus seats left him unconcerned. Clear of the railway station, he walked at a moderate pace, his eyes mostly on the ground. He crossed the footbridge to Charing Cross, and steadily made his way into the haymarket, where his progress was arrested by a picture-shop. A window hung with engravings, mostly after pictures of the day, some of them very large and attractive to a passing glance. One or two admirable landscapes offered solace to the street-wearied imagination, but upon these Piers Otway did not fix his eye. It was drawn irresistibly to the faces and forms of beautiful women set forth with varied allurement some great lady of the passing time lounged in exquisite array amid luxurious furniture lightly suggested the faint smile of her flattered loveliness hovered about the gazer the subtle perfume of her presence touched his nerves the greys of her complexion transmuted themselves through the current of his blood into life's carnation whilst he dreamed upon her lips his breath was caught as though of a sudden she had smiled for him and for him alone near to her was a maiden of hellas resting upon a marble seat her eyes bent towards some aegean isle the translucent robe clung about her perfect body her breast was warm against the white stone the mazes of her woven hair shone with unguent the gazer lost himself in memories of epic and idyll warming through worship to desire then his look strayed to the next engraving a peasant girl consummate in grace and strength supreme in chaste pride cheek and neck soft glowing from the sunny field eyes revealing the heart at one with nature others there were women of many worlds only less beautiful but by these three the young man was held bound he could not satisfy himself with looking and musing he could not pluck himself away an old experience he always lingered by the print-shops of the haymarket, and always went on with troubled blood, with mind wrapped above familiar circumstance, dreaming passionately, making wild forecast of his fate. At this hour of the morning not many passers had leisure to stand and gaze. One, however, came to a pause beside Piers Otway, and viewed the engravings. He was a man considerably older, not so well dressed, but still on the strength of the externals, entitled to the style of gentleman. His brown, hard felt hat was entirely respectable, as were his tan gloves and his boots. But the cutaway coat began to hint at release from service, and the trousers owed a superficial smartness merely to being tightly strapped. This man had a not quite agreeable face inasmuch as it was smoothly shaven and exhibited a peculiar mobility it might have denoted him an actor 
but the actor is wont to twinkle a good-natured mood which did not appear upon this visage the contour was good and spoke intelligence the eyes must once have been charming it was a face which had lost by the advance of years which had hardened where it was soft and seemed likely to grow harder yet for about the lips as he stood examining these pictures came a suggestion of the vice in blood which tends to cruelty the nostrils began to expand and to tremble a little the eyes seemed to project themselves the long throat grew longer presently he turned a glance upon the young man standing near to him and in that moment his expression entirely altered why he exclaimed piers the other gave a start of astonishment and at once smiled recognition daniel i hadn't looked i had no idea they shook hands with graceful cordiality on the elder man's part and with a slightly embarrassed goodwill on that of the younger daniel otway whose age was about eight-and-thirty stood in the relation of half-brotherhood to piers a relation suggested by no single trait of their visages piers had a dark complexion a face of the square emphatic type and an eye of shy vivacity daniel with the long smooth curves of his countenance and his chestnut hair was in the common sense better looking and managed his expression with a skill which concealed the characteristics visible a few moments ago he bore himself like a suave man of the world whereas his brother still betrayed something of the boy in tone and gesture something too of the student accustomed to seclusion daniel's accent had nothing at all in keeping with a shabby coat that of the younger man was less markedly refined with much more of individuality you live in london inquired daniel reading the other's look as if affectionately oh no out at ewell in surrey ah oh, yes i know you uh, reading uh, yes for the civil service i've come up to lunch with a man who knows father uh, mr jacks john jacks the m p piers nodded nervously and the other regarded him with a smile of new interest but you're very early any other engagements oh none said piers it being so fine a morning he had proposed a long ramble about london streets before making for his destination in the west end then you must come to my club returned daniel i shall be glad of a talk with you very glad my dear boy why it must be four years since we saw each other and by the by you are just of age i think ah three days ago um, to be sure heard anything from father no you're looking very well piers take my arm i understood you were going into business altered your mind and how is the dear old man they walked for a quarter of an hour turning at last into a quiet genteel byway westward of regent street and so into a clubhouse of respectable appearance daniel wrote his brother's name and led up to the smoking-room which they found unoccupied you smoke i'm very glad to hear it i began far too young and have suffered oh, it's too early to drink perhaps you don't do that either 
really vegetarian also perhaps <laughs> why you are the model son of your father and the regime seems to suit you pear bacco couldn't follow it myself but i like our fat friend am little better than one of the wicked so you're one and twenty you have entered upon your inheritance i presume piers answered with a look of puzzled inquiry haven't you heard about it the little capital due to you not a word that's odd was soll es bedeuten by the by i suppose you speak german well uh, oh tolerably and french moderately oh benissimo daniel had just lit a cigar he lounged gracefully observing his brother with an eye of veiled keenness well i think there is no harm in telling you that you are entitled to something your mother's money you know i had no idea of it replied piers whom the news had in some degree excited apropos why don't you live with father couldn't you read as well down there not quite i think and the truth is the stepmother doesn't much like me she's rather difficult to get on with you know i imagined it so you're just in lodgings i'm with some people called hannaford i got to know them at geneva they're not very well off i have a room and they board me i must look you up there piers my dear boy i suppose you know your mother's history it was asked with an affected carelessness with a look suggestive of delicacy in approaching the subject more and more perturbed piers abruptly declared his ignorance he sat in an awkward attitude bending forward his brows were knit his dark eyes had a solemn intensity and his square jaw asserted itself more than usual well between brothers i don't see why you shouldn't in fact i'm a good deal surprised that the worthy old man has held his peace about that legacy and i don't think i shall scruple to tell you all i know you are aware at all events that our interesting parent has been a little unfortunate in his matrimonial adventures his first wife not to pick one's phrase quarrelled furiously with him his second you inform me is somewhat difficult to live with oh his third interrupted piers uh, no my dear boy said the other gravely sympathetically that intermediate connection was not legal not my mother was not oh don't worry about it proceeded daniel in a kind tone these are the merest prejudices you know she could not become mrs otway being already mrs somebody else her death i fear was a great misfortune to our parent i have gathered that they suited each other fate you know plays these little tricks your mother i am sure was a most charming and admirable woman i remember her portrait no doubt it has to be kept out of sight 
she had i am given to understand a trifling capital of her own and this was to become yours piers stared at vacancy when he recovered himself he said with decision of course i shall hear about it there's no hurry father knows i don't want it just now why of course he will tell me the exam comes off in autumn and no doubt he keeps the news back as a sort of reward when i get my place i think that would be just like him you know or as a solatium if you fail remarked the other genially fail oh i'm not going to fail cried piers in a voice of half resentful confidence bravo laughed the other i like that spirit so you're going to lunch with john jacks i don't exactly know him but i know friends of his very well uh, known him long piers explained that as yet he had no personal acquaintance with mr jacks that he had to his surprise received a written invitation a few days ago it may be useful daniel remarked reflectively but if you'll permit the liberty piers i'm sorry you didn't pay a little more attention to costume it should have been a frock coat really it should i haven't such a thing exclaimed the younger brother with some annoyance and confusion and what can it matter you know very well how father would go oh yes yes but jerome otway the democratic prophet and young mr piers otway his promising son are very different persons never mind but take care to get a frock coat you'll find it indispensable if you're going into that world where does jacks live uh, queensgate daniel otway meditated half closing his eyes as he seemed to watch the smoke from his cigar dropping them upon his brother he found that the young man wore a look of troubled thoughtfulness daniel began piers suddenly are you quite sure about all you've told me quite i'm astonished it's news to you piers was no longer able to converse and very soon he found it difficult to sit still observant of his face and movements the elder brother proposed that they should resume their walk together and forth they went but both were now taciturn and they did not walk far in company i shall look you up at yule said daniel taking leave address me at that club i've no permanent quarters just now we must see more of each other and piers went his way with shadowed countenance End of chapter 1